Hello, 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 and welcome to another wonderful, exciting episode of This Ain't a Scene. I am Drew Zimmerman. I am one of your hosts, with my other co-host. Hi, everybody. This is Ryan Sharp. We are back for another exciting week of feeding you a bunch of crap that you won't agree with us on at all, which is completely fine with us now. Yeah, opinions are definitely something that will be brought up. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of them. So this week, we're continuing on Ryan's discussion. We left off. Um, he was talking about... Uh, billboard charts and kind of looking at patterns and different things from them over the years. And we left off at 2010. So we're going to pick up from there. But I think, uh, first of all, we should do some business. First of all, if you're listening to this podcast again, thank you. Welcome back. Ryan and I appreciate it. We like to think that we're not just calling each other every week to just talk for no reason. We'd like to think somebody likes to listen to us. Someone's out there. So if you are watching and li- or listening to us, I guess, again, and you're enjoying what we have to say, or you're not, and you like just listening to us to get angry in the car, um, we ask you to get on wherever you're listening to us. Give us a four or five-star review. We prefer five. Ryan prefers anything from a three, but I, I only accept a four or five. This week, I will accept the two because of the topic and because this is more speaking to current times. So I'm accepting of criticism big time. Wow. So you're just going to scare them away right off the bat. That's good. That's what pilot episodes are for. Have you seen, what is it? The Netflix show. It's not coming to me right now, but it's first episodes really messed up. Black Mirror. Oh, there you go. It hooked an audience. Have you seen it? Drew, do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen it. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Have you heard about the first episode? I haven't heard about the first episode. I've just heard the show exists. Uh, you can you can enjoy your Friday evening, starting off your Memorial Day weekend with the first episode, the pilot episode of Blacklist. Not that that this is as extreme as that, but still, there's a way to reel in the audience. A really strange way to reel in the audience, but nonetheless, it worked. The show did really well. I would love to do that it's on my Friday well. evening, but unfortunately I'm going to be stuck after this going out and doing errands out in the scary world of the coronavirus. I might find myself actually playing in traffic on the highway, but I haven't decided yet. Wow. <laughs> Make sure to wear a mask. <laughs> Two masks. The uh, I Always have one in your pocket just in case it falls off your face. In case it falls off a car flying by me. Yeah. Oh, shit, there goes my mask. All right, don't worry. I got a backup mask. It's fine. I saw the um, Tom Savini, who's a big horror movie um, artist. Him and a guy collabed, and they came out with, like, the Jason Voorhees mask, but it's only, like, a half mask, so it's like a face mask to wear. Okay. So that's pretty That's pretty cool. I saw that the other day. That's completely off topic. But, well, um, I... Went with the Netflix off topic, so that's fine. People probably that. enjoy the off topic discussions just as much as they enjoy the normal discussions. So, yeah, if you're listening to this, we we haven't yet, as of recording this episode, but we're going to. We'll be starting social media, so make sure you follow us on those because uh, we'll keep you up to date on things we're posting. We'll put up Ryan will put up funny things for you to look at or discussions that he wants to start online. Just because I'm sure I've been looking he enjoys that more for an outlet to talk about new releases. There's not too many non-biased sources that you can find on the internet to find critically acclaimed music. So the top releases of the week, instead of going to Pitchfork, you can go to our page on Facebook and really hear a unbiased opinion. So 
for example, the new Fiona Apple record, which is absolutely terrible to where <laughs> Pitchfork says it's literally one of the best albums in the last five years. We can let you know that we're unbiased where Pitchfork or Stereo Gum or any music blogger is obviously biased because you listen to that album, it sucks. It's weird, but it's not a good weird. You want to listen to a good weird? Listen to Moses Subney. Okay, we're off on another track, but nonetheless, we're doing the underrated band of the week again. And once again, these bands are not necessarily always going to be in the scene. In some cases, they may be. My band this week is definitely not in that scene category by any stretch of imagination. But Drew, if you want to give everybody the pleasure of talking about your underrated band of the week. I can. Um, And actually, I kind of went with two bands that are in music world, but I don't think they get enough attention. So last week I went with a couple that were very like not known. This week I'm going to go with two that might be known. So uh, for my first underrated band, well, first for this recording session, but the only one for this episode, I'm going with a band from the UK called Moose Blood. Yeah. I feel like Moose Blood, while some people might know them, they're very underrated for what they are. I think they have very good songwriting, very good lyrics. Um, the musicianship's incredible. Some of the chord structuring they're doing in their songs. And I, I feel like they're underrated for what they are. And I, I don't know if it's maybe that for the style of music there, maybe the band name scares people away when they f- initially hear it. You know, I don't know if they see that and then they look at a picture of those guys and think, oh my God, these guys must be like a hardcore band. And I'm not into that, but <laughs> they are far from that. And you need to listen to them. I tell you what, I tell you what. They're like a better have mercy. Yeah. In my opinion. Absolutely. It's because they're British. They don't have Trump affecting their music. No. <laughs> All right. What do you got for me? Who are you listening to? My band of the week is a band called Broken Wit Rebels. And this band is definitely very similar to back in 2008 when Kings of Leon released uh, Only by the Night. And there's a pinch of the band Camino in there as well. So you're getting that nostalgia alternative rock that Kings of Leon brought in 2008, 2009. And then you're getting a pinch of what alternative rock is here in 2020, 2019 with the band Camino. And it's just a really well-balanced sound, really well-produced. And every song on the record off their album, OK Hotel, is really solid. I definitely hope that these guys, once Corona dies down, that they'll get on some massive tours and they're going to get a chance to to make it big. But I found this band through the all-new rock playlist on Spotify, which I listen to weekly. And I found a lot of awesome bands through there. So ladies and gentlemen, this week we wanted to talk about the top five music videos. And I went on the thought of music videos being creative, not necessarily do they connect well with the song, but just unique music videos. And the reason why I picked some of these bands is because they're really good actors, even if they're not in, or maybe I should say producers, because while you look at some of these music videos, they may have had some assistant producing, but they definitely got the concept from their song. And that is where I got the inspiration. I don't remember exactly who came up with this idea, but I got the inspiration 
to pick these five based off that criteria. Now, before so, you get into it, not to cut you off, keep in mind, this is not a current top five list. This is a top five of our opinion. This is what we feel are our favorite five music videos if we had to pick a top five. Now, this, like I said, it's not right. a current top five. It's not based on anything except what our personal things that we like and what we base our criteria on not to cut you off just so nobody's like wait that's not on the top five right now no these are not going to be in the ever in the top five i don't think they ever were my my well two of mine two of mine were definitely oh, a couple but this is not were. vh1 my first one number five we'll do five to one reality case chapped lips chapstick and things like chemistry music video have you seen it drew i of course i have i love reliant k the setting is a, an assisted living home, and they are the talent booked for that afternoon, evening, whatever. And they're just having a lot of fun in assisted living home. And I don't know the whole backstory and behind the scenes of how everything happened, but it's really creative. I think it's going to leave a smile on your face if you haven't seen the music video, because it definitely let the elderly people who were in the music video they definitely had a big smile on their face the whole time. They thought it was completely hilarious. I found it completely hilarious coming from a fan of Reality K. And none of the old people had cell phones, but they no. had chemistry. Right. And I think back then, this would have been 2004. They might not that have would have been when you had to put the what, antenna up to make a call. Break out the military pack with the big handle on it. You have to crank to get any, like to get power for it. Right. Number four is a data member is all I want. Is what I pick number four the reason being and maybe this would be better for our next episode but there's a lot of cameos in this music video and the cameos are all over the place and i think it's really well done because the bands that are not the whole band but the lead singer mainly of who's in this music video definitely resemble a data member sound from pop punk to hardcore to metalcore to oh, rock yeah. so just a few names the former Adator member, a guitarist, Tom Denny was in it. Pete Wenz from Fall Out Boy. Winston McCall from Parkway Drive. The Devil Wars Prada members were in it. Remy Horizon members were in it. Sam Carter of Architects was in it. Dallas Taylor from Maylene, The Sons of Disaster, or early era of Underoath. Silverstein was in it. Andrew WK was in it. I didn't realize how many people were in this video. Spices. Jesus Christ, that was a budget and a half. Yeah. Members of August Burns Red were in it. Matt Heafy of Trivium, Vic Fuentes of Pierce the Veil, Mac, uh, Mike Herrera of MXPX, oh my God. Vincent Bennett Jesus of Christ. the Acacia Strain, Set Your Goals members were in it. And a partridge in a pear tree. So, yeah, <laughs> literally everything, man. Literally every, everybody's been in this band. They must have probably filmed it at, like during warp tour time on an off day or something <laughs> i would hope because if you're paying all those people to fly in to be in your video good lord uh, pete wentz probably was on warp tour then maybe he was just there for fun i don't know i couldn't tell you if all boys had pretty much a summer tour ever since 2005 it, it's pete wentz he does what he wants to do and everybody keeps thinking that he's the front man and they have no idea Number three, I picked Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. Without a doubt, that definitely was on the VH1 MTV land of videos back in the day in the countdown. I just think that the music video really resonates with the pretty much the message and the sound of the first track off Nevermind, Smells Like Teen Spirit. 
I'd agree. You're in a high school gymnasium. There's angst present, and there's just a lot of energy. And you watch that music video. They definitely had a lot of fun filming that. They were on my Number initial two? list that I had to narrow down. Like Ryan and I think oh. about these things a little bit, and like I don't know about him, but I make a big list of just everything I can think of, and then I go, okay, what do I think actually is the top five? But that was on my list. But it I, didn't make it. I guess I do all that, but it's more of a mental thing. And then I write down the ones that really stand out to me. So I have ADD, so I write it down on this piece of paper right here, and then like that. I don't give it. I guess you can't see it. They can't see it, but I'll show you it. This is this is what I do right there. Look at that mess. I just saw. Okay, I see one word that. That's a super long, unnecessary music video, (laughs) but (laughs) you know exactly what I'm talking about now, right? Oh, it's just so unnecessary, in my opinion. And I know it's going to make your list, but I'm not going to try to be too opinionated. Oh, Number no, two. That's the whole point of this. It's the whole point. They, they like the conflict. Sure. And if we didn't give our opinions, <laughs> sure. we would just sound like a, we're the same person. And we're not. We're definitely not the same person, but we're, we're really good friends. And we bond over the love. I love you like a brother. Music. That's right. We're not family, but we are. Number two, the starting line, the best of me. Oh, oh. Back when the front man, the it's starting simple. line, had his beautiful blonde, long hair still. Was his hair long or was it short in that video? I think it was short in that video. But he had that really bleach blonde I hair. I can't even tell you. All I know is it's simple, but he wanted to make a point across to a girl. So he's outside of the bedroom window with his radio. But it's not Hawthorne Heights. JT's and number happy. one, to what I think is the absolute best music video in the history of film aha's take on me knew it see i was going through this list and i was like i could put take on me on here but i know ryan's gonna pick that so i don't need to include it i gotta why how'd you know that because it because it's look at that video man that thing was huge for the time it came out i mean that was the video of that decade but why would i pick it like why me why do you think that was gonna be on my list I just had a hunch. I didn't think it would be number one, but I was like, Ryan's going to include this on this list because anybody who had to pick a top five is going to have that on their top five. So you have it on yours too. I do not actually. Because you knew that I was I had a hunch. Mind. I had a hunch. I was like, uh, if he doesn't, I'll switch my list. But Okay, so you agree with me. I do agree I think with it's the you. best music video of all time. I agree with you 100% that it's a damn good video. They're hand-stenciled drawings, mm-hmm. and it tells a story. And it goes along with the absolute visual representation of Take On Me, which I think is one of the best songs of all time as well. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not, I wouldn't say the best song of all time, but it's a good song. All right, Drew. So you hear people saying Don't Stop Believing is one of the best songs from the 80s. Ugh, You're obviously going to pick Take On Me over Don't Stop Believing, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah, I can't stand Journey. Sorry. The Journey like is out on Journey for me. All right. I like Journey, but that's a different discussion. Let's hear your top five, dude. All right. Here's my top five. So my top five is a little all over the place. I had, I don't know, 30 different ideas, and I narrowed it down to what I kind of like. Um, so number five, I had a new song. Um, it's actually, as of recording this episode, it was number one on the rock charts. It is Popular Monster by Falling in Reverse. There's a lot of cool shit in that video, man. CGI with the demon in it and the monsters in it and him fighting them. It's just incredible. And it's just a damn good song for Falling in Reverse. It is a good song. I do like that song. Number four, 
which I this has always been one of my favorites. Uh, Into Deep by Sum Forty One, the in the <laughs> yeah, pool with the funny. synchronized diving, and you have Dave Bash just popping out of the water playing the lead. It's amazing. It's a fun. It's, it's a fun one. Video. Too. Yeah, and you get a little bit of uh, in the video. You get a little bit of fat lip on the radio in the background at the beginning. That's right. Number three, this. See, my next three are really, were really tough for me to pick an order on. Um, I put this on this list not because of – I wouldn't say it's because of everything with the video. Like, it, you know, the AHA, that video is incredible. But this video, I had to include it because I feel like this is what made this song and this band. This is the only thing anybody ever thinks of for this band. And it was viral before viral was a thing. And it's here it goes again by the OK Go. Yeah, with the treadmills. That's a great pick, dude. The choreography yeah. on that, I can't even imagine because they, they and they've done that. They've done that same bit live on the video awards one time. That's, they did. They had so cool all eight treadmills and they did it live too, which is even in, crazier to me. OK Go is really underrated. Oh, absolutely. All right, number two, uh, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Great video for its time. I, I, this is the one that you're going to argue with me on, isn't it? It's too long. It's too long? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, but it, it's an iconic video. It's iconic. Everybody spoofs that video. I mean, it's it's just a good... It's For what it is, it's good. I agree with you. It might be a little long, but it's a good video. It's overrated. Fair enough. Well, and I just made it You should it only worse. watch it on Halloween. I don't understand how you can watch it in July. I mean, it was either Thriller made the list or Gangnam Style. Well, both are pretty <laughs> atrocious. I want I want to say Thriller is atrocious, but the other one, yeah. Um, and number one, because I still think that what's going on in this video is amazing. Bye 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 by NSYNC. Sure, having those guys as puppets and moving and all that—that's really cool. I would like to point no out strings that, attached. I would like to point out American Idiot and Small Things almost made my list, but. I just, I love Amer American Idiot doesn't have a lot going on, but that scene at the end with the green paint flying everywhere, that's awesome to me. And you were talking about spoofing things and all the small things. Just It's just them spoofing like every video that was out at the time. They make fun of the Chili Peppers. They make fun of uh, Backstreet Boys. And Backstreet NSYNC. Boys and Sync. Yeah. So I almost put that on here, but I, I felt like this was my five. So that's my top five. If you have a top five that's of music five. videos that you think are better than Ryan and I, or if you agree with Ryan that Thriller's overrated and I should only listen to it at Halloween, well, you should comment and tell me that Ryan's right and that Ginger's still suck. To me, like, Thriller is the mainstream classic that is very similar to the Monster Mash. So Ugh. if you listen to Monster Mash in I July, you can listen, listen to Thriller to than Monster Mash. <laughs> it just seems like it's the next song that would be on that playlist. You listen to Monster Mash, then you can play Thriller. I, it's cool. I just don't there. get how it's such a huge song. Just to prove to you they were on my list. Right there they are. Take well, on me. That's the first me. thing I saw. Take on me right there on the list. So Ryan's going to continue our discussion from last week. We're talking about the Billboard Top 100 singles. This is coming from the end of the year list. So if a song that is not on here, it's it, it might have been on the Billboard at one time, but this is the end of the year. This is the overall top songs of the year we i think we talked up to 2010 but i'm gonna give a real refreshment yep. of what 2010 brought because with a new decade brought us a new sound and 
a new, I guess, like a push for what is acceptable, what is popular on the radio waves. We're also looking at and, patterns in our realm of punk music to see like the flow of the pattern there and like the difference in change as well. Right. So we're not just looking at certain songs. We are looking at certain songs, but songs that pretty much contributed to the scene era at one time. Drew and I both play in bands. So these are some of the songs we're covering as well to this day for oh. nostalgia purposes. Oh, don't get him wrong. We were looking at a specific song face down. We're, we're looking at you, Ronnie Winters. How the hell did that get on the top 100 on Billboard for the end of the year? Because nothing with that kind of heaviness will ever make that chart anymore. Ever. <clears throat> ever. How'd you do it? I want answers. Yeah. So we'll leave off at 2010. So Al City's Fireflies, which made the end of the list charts in 2009, also made me. it in 2010. It's a good song. It annoys me. I feel like the Postal Service's Such Great Heights should have made the list as well if Fireflies did. I think I made that point in the last podcast episode, but it's an awesome song. 2010 also brought us one of the best, in my opinion, female rock singles According to You by Oranthe. I think I talked about that also in the last episode. Went in a little more detail with that. Drew, I thought you didn't know that song last week. I didn't, but I went back and listened to it after last week because you told me to. And I did because I'm not a dick and I listen to what my co-host tells me to do. And then I... I don't listen to anything you told me about, so... What an asshole. Because you're no. the better person. All right, you're now I want people to here. comment. I want you to be little Ryan about how much... I go out and listen to what he tells me to, but he won't even listen to what I tell him to. See, you see, there's I, I no give and take it. in this relationship. He acts like there is, but there isn't. No. <laughs> no, so I went out and listened to it, but then I totally forgot that I even listened to it until right now when you brought it up. <laughs> has a great guitar solo in it. That song has a lot of nostalgia for me because I'm a youngster. It was good. Yeah, it was good. And my mind is a black hole and everything that goes in it goes into the void and comes back out when somebody reminds me that it's in there. Yeah, sometimes that's a good thing because you're able to remember like formulas and things that actually matter rather than listening to songs from 2010 and remembering every little detail about that. So anyways, Boys Like Girls featuring Taylor Swift two is better than one. And I think it's incredible how boys like girls got T Swift on one of their songs, but it happened. And if everybody here or some people here are fans of boys like girls, their singer Martin has a new band called the night game. Definitely recommend checking that out, especially if you like the way alternative rock is going with the 1975 or the band Camino. I would suggest checking that out. 303 is my first kiss. Did it go a little like featuring this? Pesha. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Do you not like that song? And Paramore's, no, I don't like it. Oh, I like 303. I think what they were doing was neat. They they had, they had oh, their I moment. Too. They had their moment and then they disappeared. I like the one album. Which has basically every song on it. My favorite's Starstruck. Yeah, Starstruck. Featuring Katy Perry. I like Don't Trust Me more, I think. But yeah, Starstruck's good. And Katy Perry's still a babe and my favorite. Anyway. Definitely. Moving, moving on, right? Paramore's only ballad to this day that it's got airwave time. The only exception. Super basic song. 
it's kind of equivalent to Snow Patrol's Chasing Cars. It's yeah, a boring except I like the land only exception. Song. Chasing Cars bores me. I like Chasing Cars better than the only exception. Really? All right. I don't know why I compared it to that. It's not really similar, but not I think it's all. boring and simple. I just like it because it's like, hey, look, my last single, I called somebody a whore, and now I'm being real romantic and sweet. (laughs) Two sides of the equation. So this should be fresh news, fresh material, because we didn't talk about 2011 the last episode. Hot Chili Rays, Tonight Tonight. Why did that song do so well? I think it was catchy, really. I think it was just, it was a little catchy. But you had bands like, boy bands, bands, whatever you want to call it, All Star Weekend, Five in seconds of summer in one direction in 2011. I think one direction was. Yeah, I don't know. I was too excited to graduate list, high school and couldn't care less about anything in the world except getting out of high school. Cobra Starship. If you're not familiar with Cobra Starship, which you probably are, you should listen to Midtown instead. Wait, because did they, it's a lot better. Did they make the end of the year 100? Yeah, you make me no feel. No way. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know they charted bad, a song. But you make me feel. Yeah. Midtown's so much better. Midtown's an awesome band. If you like pop punk, man, like the drive through records style pop punk, listen to their first two records. And then their third record, just a good rock record. But Curb Starship's not terrible, but you have to plug Gabe's first band, or not his first band, but the band he first got popular with, which was certainly Midtown. Become What You Hate is actually one of my favorite songs of all time, of all genres. Anyways, 2012 brought us The Land of Fun, which is a mixture of, at one time, people would characterize Steel Train as a band that would tour with seed bands, and that has members of Steel Train in fun. And they had two songs in 2012, We Are Young, featuring Janelle Monet. Song's good, and but it puts me also, asleep. Oh, it's very, yeah, oh, Some Nights, which is an interesting song. I think it's one of the most interesting songs of the past decade. I saw tell the tell us what the second song was and then I have a story about fun for you. This is a good one. Well, we are young is one, and right. then the second one, Some Nights. And I think Some Nights is a super interesting song. Okay. I just think it's it's a big deal. Do I like it? Not really, but is it a big deal? Yes. It's very different. And it's awesome that it charted on the end of the year list, I think. So my story about fun is uh, one of five nine at the X in Philly used to do a free concert in the winter, and they would do it at the Pabst Blue Ris- the Pabst Blue Ribbon Plaza, and they actually had a guy come in and they would build like a fake snow hill, and you could go snowboarding and skiing right in the middle of the plaza. But they had a concert there every year, and it was free to get in. All you had to do was just you know they do pat down searches and stuff. But the lineup I saw the year I went was fun. Opening for Newfound Glory before their album hit radio. And now you would never see that in a million years. It was crazy. If you like fun, I'm sure you know this already, but Jack from Fun has the group band artist. I don't know exactly what they are. Bleachers, it's 80s inspired rock. Okay. I can see that by hair the name. Bands, I can see that by the name. Yeah. New wave sounding stuff. Mainstream new wave sounding stuff definitely is what influenced that. Right. Touch of Depeche Mode, touch of Joy Division, but it's good stuff. And the last song for 2012 that I thought was somewhat in with the neon fashion and the hot topic liking of customers, kind of. Glad You Came 
The Wanted, definitely a boy band. Why why did this song do so well? I think I think not lyrically catchy, but I think melodically catchy. Just like the dynamic flow of the song, I think is what caught people's ear. Right. And this is before the Chainsmokers. This is before the craze of, in my opinion, EDM. That is, I think it, it was at its peak at the end of 2019. I think it's not as popular, but I think it's definitely something that's relevant. Right. There's a huge EDM moment in the song as well. And it's mm-hmm. combining boy band meets EDM. That yeah, makes I think sense. That, that, I think that's a good point. It was a good crossover between genres at the time. I think that was maybe what caught everybody's attention with it. But it's not point. like Skrill X. It's not like Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. It's no. not that style of EDM. It's more right. of top 40 EDM that you would hear in a top 40 hit. And nonetheless, right. it is a top 40 hit. Right. 2013 brought us Fall Out Boy selling out with My Songs <laughs> Know What You Did in the Dark. You're not wrong. They did a song with Big Sean on that album. God, that was the, wasn't that the year they toured with Wiz Khalifa? I think it was after that. Was it? I think that tour was after that. But once again, Patrick Stump's vocals, phenomenal. Would I rather listen to modern Panic at the Disco or modern Fall Out Boy? I'm picking modern Fall Out Boy. <sighs> I don't know about that. Brendan Urie, man. My no, point fantastic. was fantastic. My point was not as interesting be- as Patrick Stump, though. My point was going to be that Fall Out Boy isn't at the era they were when they were touring with. There was a tour, a stadium tour. It was Panic at the Disco opening, Fall Out Boy, and then Blink-182 headlining. That's a tour and a half, at least for yeah, you and me. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. But be a really cool tour to see. In my opinion, Paramore did a bounce back move with Still Into You. I think it's a good song. It, it's good. And it's it was, different than the only exception. It, yeah, and it was still in their realm of like their style at the time a lot of hi-hat in that song i think aaron gillespie may have recorded the drums for that album i know he toured with them around this time he didn't he never recorded drums with them he toured with them he did two tours with them but he never recorded drums for them they had another guy i can't think of his name they had another guy who was recording drums for them the only reason aaron gillespie toured with them was because, if I remember correctly, the the guy who was playing drums for them at the time had a kid, and he took time off. But the tours were like boom, boom, back to back. And Aaron wasn't doing Under Oath at the time. He was only doing the Almost, and they tour every 10 years at this point. I got lucky enough to see him in January. Did you? I saw them. Mm-hmm. When did I see them? Oh, you I know it's you. You went and saw them at, um, were they at Rex? Rex Cedar. Yeah, I saw yep. that tour. I almost went. Um, I saw them 2012, maybe 2013, probably right around the time period we're talking right now. They toured with Reliant K. They opened for Reliant K. Wow. Saw them at the Theater of Living Arts in Philly, which is the only venue in Philadelphia you should go to if you're in Pennsylvania. I would like to go to that newly named, it used to be called Electric Factory. Don't I don't remember there. what it's called now, but I'd like to go to This Is Hardcore. <laughs> Some so you can watch Harm's Way guy do venue. the Running Man and go viral again. Yeah, that's old news. Don't go, don't go to the Electric Factory or Franklin Music Hall. Don't go there. I went there one. I've been to two shows there, and both times they oversold it to the point where even the crowd was the whole way back against the merch tables. Like 
It's they they sell way too many tickets in there. Parking is sketchy in that area, and when you go to leave and get on the highway to go east, or I guess when you're gonna you get on the highway to go west, if you make the turn wrong, you end up in Jersey, and then you have to pay five bucks to make a U-turn, and it's a pain in the ass. Go to TLA. Hey, but props to Harm's Way. Drew, you brought it up. Harm's Way, awesome job. I know it wasn't you guys. Also, shout out to eight five six doing what he does. He's the one who captured that footage. Oh. 2014 was a happy year. The what? songs that I picked, go ahead, Drew. It was it happy? Like how happy right. was it? All these songs are happy. Paramore's ain't it fun? Paramore changed their sound. It's good. It's a good song. It's a good pop song, but they changed who their remembers, sound. It wasn't what I wanted. I'm selfish that way. Who remembers Echo Smith? Because they actually landed at the end of the year charts here. No way. In 2014? That's hilarious. Yeah. Cole Kids. But how come Echo Smith? landed and like MGMT didn't you know what I mean because MGMT wasn't the cool kids <laughs> you anyways he's unamused by my pun <laughs> just... 2014 brought us somewhat of hope for pop punk to be on the radio and of course it wasn't a band that's going to sound like newfound glory it's a band that were inspired by all time low but they also love to write boy band hooks and that's five seconds of summer Ooh. Both of their songs, Amnesia and She Looks So Perfect, were on the list. Dude, She Looks So Perfect's a banger. Like, everybody's like, oh, boy band. But it's like, dude, have you listened to that song? Like, it's not a very complicated song, but it's a banger. I remember the first time I heard it, and I really liked it. Yeah, it's a good one. I still like it. I still do. I'll play it. I play it now. We played it uh, at the... Penn State's Thon. We we played that for, I don't know, twelve or 14,000 students. We... I love that song. I think it's great. Sounds awesome. That's awesome. You got an opportunity to do that, man. Right. Yeah, the opportunities out, you've had to shout out to four diamonds, people. shout out to four Students. diamonds, go support Thon. If you don't know what Thon is, it's ran by all the Penn state students, literally all the Penn state students that it's just like a 48, a 46 hour dance marathon every year. They do to raise money for childhood cancer research and to assist families who are going through that and stuff. And, 10 bands get the opportunity to play and for the last three years in a row I've had the chance to play it and it's incredible and I just got an email about next year so I'm pretty excited awesome go support Four Diamonds damn you 2015 Fall Out Boy's Uma Thurman was the only song that would have been in this category yuck not that the song is super in that category but the band's history is known to be in that category that's why I included it so that was it for song about someone that was it that was it. This song oh, is literally about while. someone from a black and white television show that you would see on TV land. I, I don't know why the song did so well. I don't like it. 2016 brought us one band, one group, one artist that took it over. Ed Sheeran and, and Adele. No, but they're fantastic artists. 21 Pilots landed three songs in 2016. Stressed out. Ride and Heathens. I don't like Stressed Out as much as the other two. Ride is like 311 meets New Politics. Yeah. Oh, that's a good comparison. Look at you. You're on it today. Man. You think so? I think I'm off. I think it was better last episode, but I'll take the compliment. Thanks, dude. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out from uh, everybody's comments. They're probably just going to say, Ryan, you're always amazing. You have such nice facial hair. And you're going to be like, thanks, weirdos. They can't yeah. see me. <laughs> Doesn't mean they can't stalk you. No. <laughs> don't do that either. Don't be that creepy person. All right, so we're into what, 2017 now? Yeah, only song, unfortunately, was a song I already talked about, was Heathens by 21 Pilots. It charted twice, two years in a row. 
just like fireflies. Yep. Good job, Josh Dunn. But I think the movie, or I'm sorry, the song was made for a movie, correct? Sure. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't, I want to say it was a superhero movie, I think in the DC land, but I'm honestly not 100% for sure. Justice if I had to take a guess. Was Justice League coming out then? No. I'm thinking it's the first one with Harley Quinn. Ugh, Suicide Squad? Oh. I think that's what that was made for. I'm I can be completely throw wrong. Up I hope I'm, hope I'm right. But. The only good thing in that movie is Will Smith. You could cut everybody else out and just make a movie about Will Smith's character and it would be fine. Barf. Yeah, it's the only song that was in 2017 that would have fit that category. I'm not against Margot Which, Robbie. She's a good Harley Quinn, but everything else in that movie was barf. <laughs> Same, Especially Jared Leto and Ben Affleck. I could live without both of them being in there. Barf. <laughs> 2018, a band that started out, well... Their singer was in a scene post-hardcore band back in the day, Anatomy of a Ghost. His current band, Portugal the Man. Oh, really? Feel it still. Yeah. Ooh, Dude's ooh. from Alaska. With a band name like Portugal the Man, I'd buy it. He was from Alaska, but I wouldn't have bought that he was doing post-hardcore before this. Well, that's that's what sold, man. I mean, that's, that's what people wanted, I guess. Certain audiences. And he was probably into the music. He maybe maybe still in the glass jaw. I don't know. With Portugal, the man, they've been a band for a long time. They've had a lot of success in alternative land, but they really hit it in the mainstream. I feel it still, which isn't a bad song. It's fine. It's got a good beat. It's kind of annoying. the beat. It's a good dance song. And then another good dance song, Young Blood by Five Seconds of Summer, which completely ditched their original sound. Yep. But they can write good hooks. They still can write good hooks. If you can write a hook, it's all that matters. 2019, Panic at the Disco came out with one of the worst songs of <laughs> the century. High Hopes. Um, terrible. That one that that one annoys me. There's been a couple that they've come out with since their golden era that I've liked. I wasn't a big fan of High Hopes. Same with Hook. Uh, hey, look, Ma, I made it. Uh, it's really annoying. Yeah. Made the list. Back. And Five Seconds of Summer's Young Blood again. Two years in a row. Good for them. Yeah, it's not a bad song. That's fine. Not in my opinion, a, and a, 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 a repeat song for two years in a row, but it's fine. On the end of the timeline, where we're at currently in the year 2020, one song that, since it's not the end of the year, I had to look at the current chart as of would have been early May, first week of May. And the only song that would have fit this category would have been 21 Pilots and their song Level of Concern. Honestly, no, I couldn't even told you what was on the charts right now. Everything's messed up, Ryan. Everything is messed up. I wanted to end this whole entire current Billboard episode by talking about the future of what pop music and music from the scene will eventually evolve into, in my opinion. Something that is huge, and it will be huge once bands start touring again and they're out on the road again. When My Chemical Romance gets a chance to do a reunion tour, it's going to be as big as Metallica. It's going to be as big as Guns N' Roses. Right. It's going to be huge, especially with the anticipation that we're all stuck in our living rooms listening to Welcome to the Black Parade. Also, another thing that's important here, wise people who are musicians are doing everything musically they possibly can to be the next big thing. I watched a live stream of Bowling for Soup talking about this. Jarrett was talking about this. He was saying the next Nirvana is going to come in 2021. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what does. That would be great. I had some thoughts on your Billboard stuff. I found a couple things that I think you would find interesting. So I found a couple bands who really had some weird numbers on the chart. These aren't end-of-the-year charts. This is just in general charting. So I wanted to talk to you about a couple of these and get your thoughts on these. So what 
If you had to pick the biggest song Good Charlotte's ever had, what would it be? Probably the anthem. Well, First thing that comes to mind. According to Billboard, girls and boys and lifestyles of the rich and famous charts higher than anthem. Lifestyles of the rich and famous yeah. charted at number six. Girls and boys charted at number 10. Anthem came in at 11. And most people today would consider dance floor anthem to be more popular. The I don't want to be in love song. Because it was more well, that's modern. That's the best song. It was more modern, but it only came in at 16, so the original anthem beat it. I Don't Be Love is Good Charlotte's best song. I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about here, but that's really interesting. It's a good statistic. The anthem, the reason why I don't think it charted as well is the rebellious lyrics. I mean, maybe, but uh, then Lifestyle's again. Lifestyle's a rich and famous. But then again, American Idiot, American Idiot charts, and it's rebellion way more than that is. But it's political. The anthem's not political at all. It's about being a young, stubborn teenager full of angst. Speaking of American Idiot, did you know there was never a song on Dookie that made the Hot 100? Not a single song made That's the crazy. Hot 100. They made the rock charts, never the Hot 100. However, Dookie was number two on the top 200 albums, and American Idiot was number one on the top 200 albums. American Idiot had four or five songs that charted. Dookie never had a single song on the Hot 100. Foo Fighters? I'd be curious to know when that 200 list came out. I don't know. Bill, I mean, Billboard's been around since because the it, late 70s. Right. So if it's 2008 and Dookie was in the mid-1990s at that time, like, there's probably so much pop that was evolved and around. And until American Idiot kicked into gear, Billboard was like, yeah, we could totally support this. We could totally be about putting these songs on here. We can totally I see be about saying. this. I see what you're saying. So in 2008, after the success of American Idiot, they're like, huh, where did Green Day come from? What was their first big album? Oh, that's right. Dookie. So we're going to put it on their top 200. That's what I initially think when you said I that. I think. But go ahead into Foo Fighters. So Foo Fighters, they've never had a top 10 song on the Hot 100. They've had a lot of chart on the top 100 or the Hot 100, but they've never had a song crack the top 10. Just crazy. The Who, Baba O'Reilly never made it on the you Billboard. You mean Teenage Wasteland. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> if you don't know the name of the I've song, don't ask people to play week. that. Jesus. Um. And then the final little fun thing I found is, all right, if you had to pick from old Fall Out Boy, their most popular song, what would it be? Say it one more time. If you had to pick from old Fall Out Boy albums, what their most popular song would be, what is it? Like from Under the Cork Tree? Yeah. I would say Sugar We're Going Down. Well, according to Billboard, it's This Ain't a Scene. It's an arms race. Sugar came in at eight, and This Ain't a Scene is number two. Thus the name of our podcast. Yeah, I'm glad we don't have a podcast called Sugar We're a Podcast. <laughs> or from under the cork tree. All right. Well, I guess that any closing thoughts on your on the, your second part of your episode that you've been leading us on this magical journey through paperwork and bullshit. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens next. We're seeing a huge movement with the hip hop and what MGK is doing to bringing pop punk in the mix and i could have included some of that i didn't choose to but we're going to be seeing a lot of these emo quote-unquote rappers coming up here and g easy actually dropped a song today that is super similar to a pop punk slash post balloon type of vibe of a song post balloon also if for those who don't know post malone actually auditioned me in crown the empire back in like 2010 <laughs> really <laughs> 
I can't stand MGK. And it's not because of the Eminem beef. That's fine and dandy. I thought that was fun for everybody because it was cool. But his festival upsets me a lot. That EST Fest, it really upsets me. Yeah. There's too much promotion of drugs at that festival and the acceptance of drugs in society. And I, I'm not for that. Don't, don't, like, you know. I'm the same way, man. I like that. I like that stance. You can smoke your pot all you want. Fine. But when you're talking about Coke and all the other hard drugs, I don't want to hear about it. Like, I don't. I don't care. There's so many festivals that I have no interest in because of the promotion that the, the abuse of drugs is so readily open in that community of the people who attend that festival. That's why I liked Warp Tour, man. I'm sorry. You know what wasn't at Warp Tour? Cocaine and Adderall in the crowd. You know, I'm sure a couple of people had it, but it wasn't like everybody was just handing it out to each other going, hey, you need some? I got I, I just... I can't stand it. It's it's too much about going in the woods and getting fucked up, and it's not about what it should be about, which is a weekend out with right. your friends the f- to watch music, which uh, the people who go to it are going to argue with me and say, no, that's what it is, but you're still going into the woods with the intent to get fucked up all weekend. Sorry. Right. And it should be about the music. Music should not be the second reason you're going to a festival. It should be the first reason right. you're going to a festival because that's what you're paying for. Yeah, you're not paying to hang out with everybody and get free drugs. Stop it. When I'm MGK, 100% bored with that. I love that. When MGK turns his EST festival around to not make it a giant amateur hour bullshit party in the woods, I will support MGK. Until then, I don't want to hear anything from him or anything about him. Sorry, MGK fans. If you're an MGK fan and you disagree with me, Please comment. Of course, if you had anything you disagree with us about, which we hope you did to start discussion, comment on our social media or wherever you have found this episode. We would love to talk to you. Um, probably let Ryan. He handles things much more delicately than I do. I'm more brash. That's why I'm more I rock Ryan. and roll. I am. I am. I'm like Chris. Nah, I'm more rock and roll, I think. Oh, yeah, you think? Yeah, maybe. I'm more Chris Rowe and the Atari. He's throwing a kick drum at the drummer because he kept screwing up. That's That's more of... <laughs> me i think if i had to put a dot on it it's just uh, no i'm not that angry i would never throw a kick drum at somebody. that's funny i fu- i almost fired a guitar that's player a funny for video. A guitar on stage I mean, it was bad so but all right anyway that is our episode thank you ryan for all your hard work you did great it's two good episodes bud tell you what thanks man i mean you didn't yell at me we're for looking forward you off. to our next one which is a completely different topic a different topic but it's combining two mediums that's a talk it. I, I said topic. I, I, you said topic. I probably screwed up because I rushed my words. I'm like a rapper. Do you want to give a preview what our next of what our next episode is? Uh, next episode, if we put them out in order, is going to be comeback albums, and uh, yours truly is leading that episode. So hopefully, Ryan interrupts me as much as I do him and has some witty banner for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited to see what what's going to come with uh, Drew's knowledge and see what bands are actually good at doing some of them are good at coming back and writing good albums some of them are not big list so all right that's it for this week thank you so much interest me give us a four or five star review please as always and until next time i am drew zimmerman this is my co-host i'm ryan sharp thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week take care